Why are so many dogs suffering from health issues? Actress Catherine Heigl, who's helped save over 16,000 dogs through her foundation, says she's seeing more issues with dogs' joints, odours and health than ever before. And after doing a ton of research, she feels there's one place we can look to improve any dog's health. Their food. What she discovered is that the way many dog foods are made can actually create toxins that could be wrecking our dog's health. And this is true even for many premium brands. Fortunately, she found that by just adding a few special superfoods to a dog's food, she saw huge transformations in their health. She's made a 20-minute video explaining step-by-step how anyone can do this same thing to see incredible changes in their dog's health. I think it's fantastic that more and more people these days are becoming conscious of the food they eat, but shouldn't we be taking the same care for our pets? The health of our dogs means so much. So no wonder owners are posting their glowing reviews of Badlands dog food and how it has improved the energy and coat of their beloved dogs. But don't take it from me. Go to badlandsfood.com forward slash frightful and watch Catherine's video right now. Again, that's B-A-D-L-A-N-D-S-F-O-O-D.com forward slash frightful. The infamous horror movie The Exorcist was released in UK theatres on March 16, 1974. Audiences were shocked at the brutality and blasphemy on screen, and many walked home genuinely afraid. Could the devil really take control of a person and make them do awful, repulsive acts? Some were able to dismiss it all as only a movie. But it's hard to dismiss when demonic possession happens on your street. Just a few months after the film's release, a small town in England would see the horror of possession right on their doorstep, in a case that would prove more chilling and more disturbing than anything Hollywood could portray. Tonight, on Frightful, we explore one of the grimmest exorcism cases on record, which would lead to a savage murder. This is the blood of Satan and the exorcism of Michael Taylor. It was October 6th, 1974, 10am on a Sunday morning. A police officer called Ian Walker arrived for duty at Wakefield Police Station and he was told that a strange incident had been reported in the nearby market town of Osset. Witnesses had seen a man running through the streets naked and covered in what they assumed was red paint. The police thought this was probably a hoax, yet when Ian arrived, they decided to send him and his partner John to check it out. An ambulance was also dispatched to the scene just in case. The ambulance crew found the man first. So when Ian arrived, he saw that this strange figure was lying on the ground, cold into a fetal position. The paramedics had covered him in a blanket, but the man's hair was sticking out, and sure enough, It looked like it was covered in red paint. He was outside a bar, and so Ian assumed this was just a drunk waking up after an epic party last night, until they stepped closer and John made a chilling comment. It's not paint, he said. It's blood, and he's covered in it. Just as he said that, the naked man began to speak, and his words turned into a rant as he screamed 
over and over and over again. It is the blood of Satan. It is the blood of Satan. It is the blood of Satan. You know when you're looking for one of those casual puzzle games to play on your phone? Well, have you noticed something? They all seem to be the same game, with slightly different color schemes or slightly different sound effects. Well, that's why Best Fiends is so much fun, because it's one of the most unique match theory puzzle games you can get. It's not just randomly crushing the same old candy, it's got an actual storyline with good guys, that's the fiends by the way, versus the pesky slugs. And your fiend starts out as a little baby, but the more you play, the more fiends join your team, increasing your skill and your power. So when the brain-boosting puzzles start getting harder, and they will, you'll be ready. Which is a good job, because there are literally thousands of levels with more added all the time. With Best Fiends, you can just casually slip some full-on action and adventure into your day, as well as getting a little mental pick-me-up. And your kids are going to be looking over your shoulder wondering why you get to have all the fun. I'm not surprised that Best Fiends has had 100 million downloads so far. Maybe it's time you joined the action. Download Best Fiends free today on the App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R. Best Fiends. The raving man was so loud that a crowd of onlookers had started to gather, and these locals were able to tell Ian the man's identity. This was Michael Taylor, a local butcher who lived at a nearby address with his wife Christine and his five children. Understandably concerned with the sight of blood, Ian hurried to Michael Taylor's house, and he was alarmed to find his superior officers were already there. They'd responded to reports of a strange commotion in the house. He headed down the path, ready to join his colleagues inside. But the front door flung open. His inspector and a sergeant stumbled through. Some reports say that the inspector bent over and vomited. And they stopped Ian at the doorstep and asked him a strange question. Are you married? The inspector said. Confused, Walker replied, yes. Have you any children? Walker nodded, yes. And at this, the inspector shook his head and said, then you are not coming in. Ian was later to say that he had seen plenty of blood and not a little death in his job. And so he knew that something truly horrendous was waiting inside. And he was right. Because lying in the Taylor's front room lay Michael Taylor's wife, Christine. Her face had been torn away and her tongue ripped out and a short distance away the family dog lay dead a poodle it had been strangled the entire room was drenched in the same so-called blood of satan that now covered michael taylor's naked body in the street what in heaven or hell had caused this nightmare Michael Taylor was 31 that year, his wife 29. They had five boys aged 6 to 12, and neighbors and friends claimed he had always been a decent and happy man. The Taylor house, they said, was always filled with laughter. Yet things turned darker when a bad back caused Taylor to be out of work. The pressure of supporting his family led him into what at the time some called a place of depression. Which is when a neighbor called Barbara Wardman offered a solution to Michael's sadness. 
What he needed was God. So she introduced him to a young woman called Marie Robinson. This 22-year-old unordained preacher was the leader of a small local Christian group. Michael and his wife Christine were nervous about trying religion, but their neighbors encouraged them. Perhaps this little humble church group could help lift Michael's spirits. So the group came to his house and served the tailor's communion, with bread representing Jesus' broken body and red wine his blood. On the second evening, the church group came back to Taylor's house, this time for a prayer meeting, and yet something strange happened that night. Michael, who had previously not shown any interest in church, suddenly found himself speaking in tongues, the strange language which Christians believe is sent only from God. And as Michael prayed, Marie, the young female preacher, started to shake. They were, she said, in the presence of the Holy Spirit. But were they? You see, not everybody responded as expected. A member of the group called Mavis Smith started to react with hostility, even saying that she hated Marie, the preacher. So Marie laid her hands on Mavis's head and prayed in tongues for the demons to leave her. In the days ahead, Marie, the young preacher, would visit Michael's home often. He and she would even stay up all night praying and covering one another with the sign of the cross. Marie was convinced that a Satanist or a witch had infiltrated the church group. So the prayers for protection went on. Yet the intense spiritual connection between Marie and Michael led to him kissing her one night. She was horrified. She later said, the whole of my being just reacted completely against that. We just snapped apart. It was like a clash of wills, a clash of spirits. Taylor would later claim something quite different. He said, she seduced me with her eyes. I can still see those eyes. I saw her standing naked before me and I was naked. Marie refused his advances that night, and he seemed to agree that the kiss wasn't right, at least verbally. Because when Christine, his wife, entered the room, Michael claimed, We have won a great victory for the Lord. We have overcome our passions. But Marie was afraid. You see, despite his holy-sounding words, Marie screamed when she saw his face. His features changed, she said. He looked almost bestial. Over the coming days, even the neighbors started to notice something was very wrong with Michael Taylor. He started spitting in the street, claiming that it was milk, the milk of human kindness, he said. So he would ask the neighbors to drink it. When they refused, he threatened them with the wrath of God. Michael was so far gone that Reverend Peter Vincent was brought in. He came from a more established church called St. Thomas's. But when Christine took Michael to meet Peter in his church vestry, Michael tried to attack him. His manner was so frightening that both the vicar and the vicar's wife were convinced what Michael Taylor needed was an exorcism. So a small team of clergy, their wives and some church members were gathered. They had no real official training in exorcism, but they believed they had the power of God on their side. So they took Michael back to the vestry at St. Thomas's church. Only this time, they went at midnight, and they asked him to lie on some prayer cushions and prepare for the ritual. They would perform an exorcism, and by the morning they believed that Michael would be free of this angry demon. <laughs> 
they had no idea what was about to be unleashed. And the team claimed to have cast 40 different demons out of Michael, but he was getting progressively more frightening. At 7am, one of the vicar's wives, visibly shaken, said that God was warning her, the spirit of murder is going to break out. Afraid, they grabbed the phone, calling for medical professionals to take over. But it was too early in the morning to arrange that. They called the police, but they must have lacked a sense of urgency or believability, because the police did not come. And so, at 8am, and despite their impending sense of dread, the so-called exorcists sent Michael and his wife Christine home. By 10 a.m., the spirit of murder did break out, and it did so with horrendous ferocity. Michael savaged his wife with his bare hands. He tore her eyes from the sockets. He had ripped out her tongue and had pulled away much of her face. The coroner's report said she died from choking on her own blood. He then turned his fury on the dog, which belonged to his mother-in-law. He kicked it and punched it, and then he strangled it to death. Police would later ask how he could possibly do something so foul to his own loving wife. And he said that he was convinced that not only was he possessed by a demon, but that his wife was too. And by killing her, he was somehow setting her free from an evil spirit. He said... I was compelled by the forces within me to destroy everything in our house. After a psychiatric evaluation, Michael was deemed to have been driven temporarily insane by the exorcism itself. In particular, the stress of the ritual caused Michael to hyperventilate, which had somehow affected Michael's brain. The combination of it all became a trigger that caused his aggression to explode into real-world violence. Yet the madness was temporary, because not long after the crime, experts said his brain had settled. He was declared sane again and could now stand trial. After hearing all the grim evidence, the jury agreed with the medics. And so, on March 25th, 1975, he was found not guilty of murder by reason of insanity. The team of makeshift exorcists were not prosecuted in any way, but the Bishop of Wakefield banned exorcisms from then on. As a shocked nation discussed the crime, some blamed the incident on the media for its obsession with the supernatural. Not least the publicity surrounding The Exorcist released only a few months before the murder. And to the surprise and anger of many, Michael Taylor spent only four years in prison. And on his release, he returned to live in Osset, the town he had made infamous for the shocking crime he had committed. For all we know, he lived a relatively quiet life. But then in 2005, he was arrested and charged for sexually assaulting a teenage girl. He spent one week in custody. And during that time, it was reported that he had started to exhibit the same strange behavior that had preceded his wife's murder all those years before. Yet they released him to carry out three years of community service and psychological evaluation. Where he is and what he is doing tonight is unknown. What is known, however, is that he was at the center of one of the most shocking exorcism cases on record. And it certainly left its mark on the policeman, Ian Walker, who later said, Of all the incidents in which I was involved in 30 years of police work, 
nothing affected me like this one. The stupidity and futility of it all. The complete and utter waste of life and destruction of a family, not to mention the death and other traumas, are far beyond anything else I have ever come across. Obviously, my wife asked questions, but there are some things you do not take home, and this was one of them. You just bury it and get on with your life as best you can. Before this event, I was agnostic, and now I was an atheist. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.